Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have a triple threat set up with Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight for the number one contendership to Roman Reigns, your Continental Classic Finals, and we also have your World's End and your Wrestle Kingdom predictions. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Dick Smarks, New Year's rockin' Steve Blackman. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Pullman. What's going on, two beers, Zach? That was a lot to unpack, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, not much. Uh, just like I was telling you guys before we started, I saw Iron Claw yesterday. And, um, yeah, a nice little, I like this week between Christmas and New Year's because nobody expects you to do anything in your work or professional life or in your private life that you're just, you just, you can just be pretty nice. Very easily could be the, uh, week of the year and sitting to my left. What up, turd? We got Vogue Eastman. What's going on, Vice? Man, I'm getting really over that. Oh, you don't like the what up turd anymore? Done with the what up turd. Done with it? <laughs> oh, you never should have told me that. What up turd? <laughs> that's, that's, I, I know where you live. I tell you what, the beavers. I, are, I will come find you. The beavers I are coming come up. Find you. The beavers are coming up, and I wouldn't be surprised if what up turd makes an appearance. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> what up? Come find me. Just, just a little preview for the beavers. We were going to do the beavers tonight, but we have no Jason Cornelius Bell. Uh, he had work stuff call him away. So you're rocking with us three tonight. We were going to do the beavers um, because it would have been a good week and just do predictions too, but can't do the beavers without Jason. So um, we're going to kick them down the road a couple weeks uh, you know what? I was going to give you a bit of a spoiler for the beepers, but I'm not going to anymore. Um, so we are coming at you from freezing cold St. Charles, Missouri. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, a happy Kwanzaa, whatever you, whatever you decide to, uh, celebrate. I hope that it was good. I hope that it was merry and I hope that you didn't fight with your relatives too much. Let me make sure I didn't just screw something up here. Nope. Okay, I think we're good to go. So, without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Two beer, kick it off. Uh, well, I'll just kick it off, uh, do an A-dub one count, which is uh, not too common. Uh, but, um, you know, we're going to be doing predictions later, so we can kind of uh, book in the show here. But... Uh, Speaking of bookends, Rampage had a nice little bookend. Um, Orange Cassidy and Rocky Romero opened it up, which was just pretty excellent, as you can imagine. Uh, that is just two dudes who are very good wrestlers, who have a very good chemistry as partners and as opponents. And uh, I really dug this. And then we also had kind of a rematch from the ROH show, uh, El Hingo Del Vikingo versus Black Taurus to bookend this show. There was some stuff in the middle that didn't really matter. Uh, but if you have not seen Rampage uh, and you have the ability to go seek it out, 
watch those two matches because they were dope. Yeah, I would. I was. Uh, I didn't pay too much attention to Orange Cassidy versus Rocky Romero, um, but I can co-sign on Vikingo versus Black Taurus. That shit being on free TV a week after it was the curtain jerker at Final Battle Ring of Honor is really just a just a nice treat for wrestling fans in uh, the modern day because these guys do shit that uh, you don't see every day. Uh, Black Taurus is a tremendous base for Vikingo, who, for my money, is the best aerial wrestler going today. Um, I don't think that I would get a whole lot of argument uh, from from that. But, yeah, this was awesome. Love no, it. I think I think Taurus is the uh, the best base, too. He has the best high flyer and the best base in all of Lucha Libre. So, Black he, Taurus seems like he might have gotten himself a job. Yeah, he's awesome. He's fucking incredible. I love him. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for Rampage. Just, um, you know, pretty fun wrestling show. And actually, that's really what uh, Collision was to, you know, we're building to a pay-per-view. There's a couple storylines that are intriguing here, and we'll get into the, this with predictions. Uh, there's a couple that are kind of stinkers. And then there's the stuff in the middle of, like, matches just getting thrown together, uh, either through, uh, like, tournament setup. And this was really kind of where we were at with the... Uh, Collision was a lot of tournament stuff, so um, open it up, Continental Classic match, absolute banger. This is, again, it's just like one of these things that's on free TV, uh, Brian Danielson versus Claudio Castagnoli. Not a match that you would normally see under general circumstances. This is kind of one nice thing with the Blackpool Combat Club in the Continental Classic is kind of like, you know, LIJ in the G1, right? You wouldn't normally see Suji versus Naito or something like that, but you're going to see it in the G1. And here we got to see Danielson versus Claudio. And uh, you're just like, ah, well, this was just as awesome as I thought it would be. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a TV match. It wasn't like pay-per-view quality as far as like length and stuff like that, but it was really well worked. I think you even texted the group thread about how much of a freak Claudio is. And An absolute freak. He, he, I forget what he even did. It was something like he caught Brian and put him on his shoulder or something, but it was, he was standing on the middle rope. I, it was it was freaky what he did. He's he's a freak show. He's a he's a behemoth. Yeah, he, and he was on one. And, uh, man, this was super fun. Uh, Brian Danielson won. Not a huge surprise there either. Claudio is pretty well protected, but Brian seems to put over young guys and guys that like uh, need a need a push. But when it comes to top stars, he's usually winning, which makes sense. Um, so it made sense for him to advance in this also. You know what's funny is that uh, during the Christmas week, obviously, like some of the podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis, uh, you know, took the week off. So the other day, I just went back and picked a random ass band from Ringside just to see where we were at. It was in, uh, we were leading up to WrestleMania where it was going to be Daniel Bryan versus Edge and uh, Roman Reigns. And we were talking about Fastlane, the pay per view that came like probably like three weeks before WrestleMania, and we were like, oh, I guess it's going to be a triple threat between Reigns and Edge and Daniel Bryan. And me and you were both talking about the main event of Fastlane, which was Dan- Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, and we were talking like, this is this is as good as WWE wrestling can get. We were just basically sucking Daniel Bryan's dick, which, uh, like, <laughs> like, I've said, like I've said before, 
Um, back in 2009, Facebook shows you, shows you memories, and like I had a late night drunken Facebook post one time that was like, "Hey, attention WWE heads, this Daniel Bryan has the best matches." And it got like two likes because there are no WWE hits out there. It was probably like four in the morning when I was watching it. <laughs> but this is even before I knew Zach. So, I mean, like, I've, you know, I've been on record. Daniel Bryan is good. Oh, still, yeah. Still is. Yep. Uh, maybe the real deal best in the world, and he doesn't have to say it every time you see him. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, we had uh, a trio championship match where I really think they should have changed the title. Uh, but we did get a little wrinkle in the story, uh, at least. Um, Dante and Darius Martin and then Action Andretti, which is, I guess, top flight in, as a whole, maybe. I don't know if they're all top flight. Anyway, uh, they wrestled the acclaimed and Daddy Ass. And, uh, I mean, they had to pull the tights. Like, uh, Max Caster pulled the tights to get this one done. So there's a little wrinkle there uh, where they're kind of hanging on by a thread. Uh, but, man, uh, I think it's kind of ready for a change. Uh, you know, I they, I know they made those fun belts that Scissor or 69 or whatever. You know, it's all it's all is what it is. But um, I'm ready for, you know, those belts are good for party matches. And the acclaim to daddy ass, they just ain't it. Uh, have the acclaim go back on a hunt for a tag team belt and just, you know, Billy Gunn doesn't need to be out there with the championship belt in his age. He ain't saying he's fucking Billy Gunn. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping for a title change, too. This would have been a good time to do it. Um, I do like the the story that they're telling. I wouldn't mind seeing the Acclaim turn heel. I mean, might as well do it now. They're cold as shit. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Um, that would that would get a lot of heat, too. Uh, they're, just, they're just hot enough uh, to generate some heat with, uh, with a heel turn. No doubt. Um, there was... Uh, the old uh, big big guy match, which was pretty damn good actually. Brian Cage versus Keith Lee, uh, big dudes. It wasn't really a meat big meaty men slapping meat. It was like big guys doing things that they shouldn't really be doing. Right, <laughs> kind of match, uh, but it was pretty fun. And again, just like you know, kind of going on the list. Very solid wrestling on the show. Big time. Uh, you know is. Much as I think that Keith Lee is legit a weirdo, and his character is very strange, <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, this match was really good. I'm on record as being a huge Brian Cage fan. I think that he is underrated and probably underused. Oh, beefers are coming up. I don't know. You know, it's a beaver. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, this match was cool. Yeah, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised at anything that came out of Keith Lee's mouth. Like, if you were just, like, were, like stuck in an elevator with him and he just, like, talked about Garfield for, like, an hour and a half, you'd be like, yeah, that's that's totally. Yeah, I can't believe they keep feeding him lasagna. Uh, I can believe that they keep feeding Keith Lee lasagna. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, well, I don't th- I don't think Keith Lee is saying no. Homeboy needs to uh, chill out on the Zags. Um, <laughs> on the Rayos. On the Rayos. Uh, okay, what's next? Oh, man. There we get. Like, I talk about how good the wrestling was on this show, but then you get Christian Cage out there, and the sports entertainment aspect just gets just as good as the wrestling. Dude, he comes out with <laughs> the prodigy Nick Wayne, and he's the patriarch, and then he comes out with the matriarch. And even though 
Tina Wayne doesn't do like an amazing job as a promo. It was totally serviceable. It got a lot of heat. And Christian's line about how, uh, what did he say? He's like, uh, he scored whenever he, uh, you know, won uh, the match. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, I scored that night and then I scored. I went I, another way, and I was like, oh, God, I so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, Christian Cage just doing absolute work. Just, just a total pro. Total pro. Getting getting Nick and Wayne like, over. And Nick Wayne's right there, too. He's, like, just talking about, like, the whole time, like, what's so funny is, is Christian has such riz that he manages to just, denigrate this man, this boy's dead father to the point that he is now the father figure and banging the mom <laughs> seemingly right in front of the son. Yeah, uh, I mean, what's he going to do? He's a kid. Dude, he's got his hands yeah. behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a storyline. This is, this is like, this shit is like why I love wrestling. Like, you can't do that in any other form of entertainment and make it work in the way that it works in pro wrestling. It is completely, that's 100% true. Wrestling is the strangest thing in pop culture on the planet Earth. I stand by that. That's why I love it. And Christian, um, you know, might get a couple beefers of his own. Oh, yeah. He's, he's in line for a beefer. Who wants Just a like beefer? Mother Wayne. This is the <laughs> beefers. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a good drop. I'm ready for that one to come back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then we had another Continental Classic match, Daniel Garcia versus Brody King. And um, this was good. I mean, these guys both did a fantastic job uh, in the tournament. Uh, Brody, in a sense of, like, getting a lot of wins, getting a lot of respect as a singles wrestler. Garcia, just by putting in work and developing his character in kind of this ancillary storyline, um, as well as like kind of the evolution of Daniel Garcia. Uh, but it was um, Garcia that actually won, which is another surprise. And uh, I thought that was a, a nice little wrinkle to the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I wish they would have given us a few more upsets in the tournament. I mean, when you look at Swerve and Jay White and John Moxley, they all had 12 points out of a possible 15. That just means that they all beat – uh, they all beat up on each other, and um, that means that Briscoe and Lethal lost a lot. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more uh, interplay, or just play with the uh, with the points. But you know that is a that's a total nitpick. Uh, they I'm, really did, yeah. Try to protect people, like certain people in this tournament, and um, I think it's a totally a valid criticism. I think the tournament's been a great success because I do too. Been so good. Uh, just tuning in every week, you know what kind of matches you're going to get. Like this is good shit. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a valid criticism. You sound like Vince there. This is good shit. <laughs> good shit, pal. Except he was saying uh, it. Except he was saying it when he saw Santina dressed up like a woman. <laughs> that's good shit, dude. It's so funny. So I was watching WrestleMania the first night today. Actually, the 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 main event's on right now just in the background and um i was watching that you know for the beefers and you can still see his touches on some of this shit and it's funny because that was a great show 
but WWE is so much better than it was even eight months ago. Um, it's crazy without him. It's, it's so much better. Um, anyway. Uh, I, that's another thing that happened when we were talking about that fast lane, which, like, we were – we just – by the way, I do not remember that pay-per-view at all. But, um, like, we were – killing the pay-per-view just absolutely killing the pay-per-view and uh in fact i think i i admitted like halfway through the conversation i was like yeah, i didn't watch the first five matches <laughs> i was like sorry <laughs> um but you guys were killing the pay-per-view and uh we were just killing vince we were like this sucks because vince always does this x y and z and yeah the conversation it it has been a remarkable year for wrestling. I'm not trying to push the Beavers too hard. I just had them on my mind because up until a couple days ago, we were going to do it, and I, w- I, l- I was, like, filling out all my Beaver stuff. So it is on the brain. But it has been a remarkable year in wrestling. If nothing else, at WWE is completely viable, fun product, again, that's worth watching every week. And not it's not like eating your broccoli anymore. Not at all. Yeah, I, too, have the beefers on my mind and my mind on the beefers. We don't need to talk about the women's tag match. It was there. Um, And then we had uh, main event, which was another Continental Classic match. Uh, This time, Andrade El Idolo versus Eddie Kingston. And now that I am looking at it, I remember that I did not watch this match. Um, I paused the stream. And then I never turned it back on. Um, so what happened? Eddie Kingston goes over, <laughs> gives Andrade tons of offense, uh, wins with the, the backhand thing that just doesn't never looks very good to me. Although he hit Brian with one last night that was pretty tough. Um, yeah, this was another stellar entry in uh, the C two matches uh, that I I'm gonna keep calling it C two until it sticks. Um, but I've I've heard some guys in the company call it C two and promos and stuff. Yeah, I, I I didn't think that I had made it up, but I, I like it because it's easier than saying Continental Classic, and it kind of sounds like a like a G one ripoff, which is exactly what it is. What it is. So uh, yeah, this match this match delivered. Um, Tony Khan's like, Dad, can we have G1? And Chad Khan's like, we have G1 at home, and it's just a feed Right. <laughs> it's like when my parents got me a lotto jacket when I asked for a starter. <laughs> exactly. What, what is the name of uh, Kingston's backhand? What is that it's move called? the spinning, spinning back fist. Is that the double whopper with cheese? <laughs> it's lumpy mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, who knows? Is it, is it the Mick? McDouble? Oh, I'll take a McDouble with some fries. I'll take the McGangbang. Give me the McDouble with some fries. That's my Eddie Kingston. All right, yeah, uh, Collision was really good. Really good wrestling on Collision. Uh, And, I mean, Vikingo and Black Taurus. I mean, Rampage and Collision. Shit. I mean, there's so much fucking wrestling. So much good wrestling. Um, Dynamite, it was New Year's Smash. This was um, hit and miss, um, but when it hit, it hit, yeah. and when it missed, it missed. So, um, but um, you know, it, it it was a good show. It was a fun fun night. Uh, it opened up with a fantastic match that was unlike anything we've seen in the tournament so far. 
Uh, it was John Moxley, Swerve Strickland, and Jay White three-way to advance to the finals of the C2. And this was a tournament of no interference. It was a tournament of uh, decently technical wrestling for the most part. Uh, this was a flat-out brawl. They really went with the no-DQ aspect because it's a triple threat. Um, Jay White was just laying dudes out with chairs. John Moxley finally got to go brawl in the crowd like he loves to do. Uh, so much, and um, You've everybody been jonesing shown. for it. Yep, yep, you can tell. Uh, everybody shown, and uh, Moxley got his win back over Jay. Um, pinned him clean, and then Swerve stays strong by not being pinned. Um, pretty much exactly how I had it booked in my head. Um, he goes on to the finals. Uh, fantastic opening to again a weekly television show. They went through at least two commercial breaks. On the show, this match had to be like twenty some minutes long. I saw that. I think I saw it was twenty five thirty. So, yeah. What more can you ask for than the pay per view level match between those three guys, their biggest star, their hottest star, and Jay White, who hasn't really caught on the way that we would probably want him. I would give his first year in the company, you know, a solid B, but uh, a guy that this podcast is a huge fan of and. He's certainly somebody that you can put in a situation like that who's going to rise to the level of the match and do a great job. This match was fucking awesome. Uh, like I said, pay-per-view level. I, I was As I was watching, I was like, man, put over Swerve. Put over Swerve. Let's just, you know, because it really, it, Zach's been saying it the whole time, I think, but it really did look like we were going towards Moxley and Kingston Ever since Kingston started back on the run after losing his first two matches, this match delivered. There's so much more to go with these guys, and Swerve's going to get his heat right back by going over strong on Keith Lee. So, hope that well, spoiler for predictions, but that's what I think is going to happen at World's End. But, yeah, this match was awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, and then... <laughs> Mariah May, is, they had a little thing with Swerve, but basically um, it was just a promo that um, said that he's going to face Keith Lee, like you just said. Uh, Mariah May was interviewed um, by Renee Paquette. She said uh, she's going to debut 2024 as like the first dynamite of 2024, which is good. She needs to wrestle because um, she's done a really good job with her character as like a Tony Storm sycophant. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, but she's also a very good wrestler. So um, that'll be cool. And then uh, Riho came out. Uh, Tony Storm came out. I love when they switched the camera to Tony Storm. It goes black and white. Uh, but uh, Riho ran wild on all of them. And uh, Luther ended up, like, grabbing Tony Storm and, like, goes to carry her away. And Riho jumps off the top rope and knocks him down. Uh, this was a fun segment uh, to set up the title match at World Wind. Short but effective. Um, they didn't have to overdo it. This, you know, this program has a, it seems kind of uh, cobbled together, but it, it hasn't been a bad build at all. And I think that's a, that just shows how strong of a heel character Tony Storm is and how uh, rootable, I probably shouldn't call women rootable. <laughs> Uh, how um, oh, how easy it is to root for somebody like Rio uh, as an underdog challenger to the champion. So, yeah, this was cool. 
two beer is still in your jokes. <laughs> I'm down with this. Uh, yeah, so speak on the next part for a second. I'll be right back. I love Orange Cassidy's new gimmick of accepting challenges before people make them. Uh, he did it to Rocky Romero, and we had that banger match on Rampage, and now he just did it to Top Flight, uh, the trio of Top Flight with Action and Dreddy. And uh, <laughs> Rocky afterwards uh, says, yeah, he just did the same shit to me. Uh, but I, I'm into it. I think that's a fun gimmick. I can almost hear myself. I feel like uh, I feel like Bill set the microphone down next to his headphones. And no. I'm just reverberating. No, he set it down and then walked away. So you're on your own right now. Cause oh, yeah, yeah, right on. I was sick. I just thought he said I was that. sick and was high and didn't watch a whole lot of wrestling. So you're flying solo, oh. Goose. No worries. We will move on. Uh, what did he ask me? Old... I'm back. Oh, I just, I was giving Nothing. He said you, you, he said here. you were ugly and you couldn't read good. Cut it out. All right. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, we had uh, Miro challenging Andrade El Idolo at World's End. Uh, that'll be another match. Um, so that could be pretty good. Yeah, that has the chance to be really good. The last time we saw Miro in a meaningful one-on-one match was him versus Powerhouse Hobbs, which was fucking awesome. So, yeah, uh, and Andrade is a better wrestler than Hobbs, so let's see it. Bring it on. Yeah, there are both dudes who, like, they're former WWE guys who don't like to lose very much. Um, so that is an interesting angle, too. Cause they, remember, like, they were both. Who like, among us does, dudes. Zach? Who likes to lose? Yeah, that's true. Um, but I like to get paid win or lose. But, um, man, uh, it's funny because they were both collision dudes that were, like, off television for one reason or another for, you know, backstage bullshit that were on, like, the show with all mostly the problematic people. It's just, it just pretty funny. You know, um, kind of strange is now I think about it. I don't think I've ever clocked into work and then clocked out and been like, yeah, I won that shift. Every single shift is, <laughs> every single shift is just a fucking loser. It's like, oh, I got to do this again. Fuck that. That's how I, that's how I look at every day. Work sucks. I clock in, I clock out, I own that bitch. Work sucks. I know. <laughs> uh, we had Don Callis week celebration uh, with the return of Sammy Guevara. So Sammy had joined the Don Callis Society uh, and turned heel, but then he got concussed, and then he had a baby all kind of at the same time. And... Um, Basically, this was Sammy turning babyface, uh, coming out and talking shit to Callis. Uh, starts getting beat down, but Jericho comes and makes the save with the baseball bat. Then we have uh, Los Sex Gods, you know, as a tag team, which kind of works because Omega's out for the indefinite future, and Jericho needs a tag team partner. So It would be really funny if they had, like, a, a running tally and it's like it shows at the bottom of the screen how many heel and face turns Big Show had career, and then like the running tally underneath it was Sammy Guevara. It's like, oh, he's a baby face again, huh? Okay, the old Paul White method. Like when Jericho's music hit, I was like, ah, fuck. I was like, okay, I guess he's a baby face again. I don't know. It seems like, I, I mean, it seems like he switches a lot. 
Um, I will say that I'm a oh, little yeah. I'm a little disappointed that Hobbs and Takeshita both had big, meaningful wins, and the creative that followed up those wins has kind of uh, not done them any favors. Don Callis is still the star of that faction, and they're still just seen as two little minions when really uh, both of them have had stuff that AEW easily could have built off of, and they just either there were extenu- extenuating circumstances or they just chose not to, which is a shame because there was uh, there was definitely some foundation there that they could have done with both those dudes. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, neither one of them feels like they're doing anything right now. Uh, I did forget that uh, Starks and Big Bill are the ones that came out and beat them, Sam and Jericho up, and then uh, we had the return of Darby Allen and Sting. So seems like they're moving away from the Jericho Omega and it looks like we might get like a, a multi-man tag team. Um, it'd be pretty interesting. Um, it'd be kind of cool. Sting and Darby won the belt, but I don't really want Hobbs or I don't really want Starks and Big Bill to lose them either. So. I'll tell you what, Don Callis uh, kind of was stealing Christian's gimmick here. Just straight up telling Sammy Guevara he's going to be a terrible dad. <laughs> <laughs> not really giving any reasons just be like you're gonna be a terrible dad you're gonna fail at this just like you're gonna fail at being a father it's like what the fuck come on callus uh so good give down give don callus more fucking mic time oh yeah i mean every week it could be him and him and christian battling for who's the most despicable piece of shit in wrestling oh man i would love to see them battle each other both his heels. Oh, that'd be so good. Dude, him, yeah. him yeah, versus just... Paul Heyman just going back and forth between the companies. No, but awesome. But right now, Callus versus Christian would be a really funny thing. Oh, my God. We'd be laughing every night and flinching. <clears throat> like, uh, Robert Strong is out there saying Max is the devil and... Dude, at this point, Roderick Strong is just, like, that kid who, like, farted on the bus, and he's yelling that somebody else farted uh, just to cover it up. He seems like he's definitely the devil. Oh, uh, I guess I, I really wasn't thinking that way, but I really, like, I've kind of stopped caring. In fact, at this point, in when I was watching Dynamite, I was like, you know what they should do is never end this. Just like never shows who the devil is until they can sign Hornswoggle. <laughs> and, and two of them. Yeah. So they can stack them on top of each other like minions. Oh, God, like three raccoons in a trench coat. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, we had um, a fantastic C2 match. This was the Blue League final. Uh, this was Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. And holy shit, these guys just laid it all out there um man this was good uh just hard chops good wrestling and um you know we did a eddie i hit him with the double whopper with cheese and power bombed him (laughs) i love that yeah that's so good. <laughs> Trade, Sorry. Trademark BFR. We were both laughing. Sorry, Zach. Zach, Zach paused for us to laugh, and, nobody, and we were just both off mic laughing. No. Um, no, I wasn't I wasn't pausing for a laugh. I was pausing because I was, like, reading uh, results. <laughs> but uh, we did have um, 
He's looking at porn. He is in the finals. Yeah, that's, yeah, as always. But yeah, Eddie's in the finals with Moxley, um, pretty much just like I had uh, predicted um, because I'm the smartest man alive. But, um, really? I mean, had, really? <laughs> uh, Moxley then came out, and they had a fantastic promo battle uh, back and forth. Uh, just absolutely believable. Moxley managed to build up his opponent and build the match without tearing his opponent down at all. And also without making himself look anything, make make himself look uh, like anything but the ace of the company. Uh, It was just a masterclass in promos. And then Eddie ripped the mic out of his hands and you talked enough. And then Eddie cut a fantastic promo. And uh, there's something about Eddie's believability um, that he feels very genuine and maybe part of it is because he did the thing that Bill talks about all the time where he, he says something smarky where he's like, I think, what did he say? Um, his, uh, his last line was, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bust you up and enjoy it. And then he's like, yeah, that's my outline. Basically saying, like, yeah. Get my music. Um, I thought that Moxley, first of all, Pretend I'm standing in front of a sign right now that says Brian Danielson is the best wrestler in the world, has been for many, many years, and going to have a great, great match with anybody. And now I'm going to say, don't make me tap the sign. Because he had an incredible match with Eddie Kingston. Way, way, way fun. I mean, for me, it rivaled the the opening triple threat. I thought that's how good, that's as good. I mean, that was another pay-per-view level match that went 20 minutes. And it was awesome. With the promos afterwards, I thought that Moxley's was really good. But Moxley was like, listen, man, for somebody who acts like uh, nobody, that the whole world's against you, you got a lot of people that love you. And then, uh, you know, he, as Zach said, he cut a great promo. And then Eddie grabs the mic and then basically starts talking about, like, he, like, it was like Moxley hadn't said a single word. It's like it's like when you get in a fight with your wife, and after you do the thing that she asked you to do, like she's still mad at you, and it's like, wait, wait, hold, hold on a second, <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> I just did the thing, but the but the leaves are raked, right? Yeah, it's like why why was Kingston so mad? Clean. Why was Kingston so mad at him? Like they they have a history. Kingston was mad. Uh, I hope that Moxley destroys him. Dude, He's Mox- not going to though. Dude, Kingston's going to retain. Moxley probably ate the last two uh, White Castle doubles. And that's what the problem is. Twenty years ago, <laughs> twenty minutes, twenty minutes ago. But yeah, uh, Kingston. What did I write down here? Oh, <laughs> I wrote down what a little bitch, and I spelled little L I L. Anyway, great segment. King- Kingston's so mad that Moxley smoked his last half of a Newport. <laughs> right. He, he, put it out, he put it out on his shoe, and, and then he, he was going to save it for later. He put it out before offering him the last hit. <laughs> sure you don't want to hit this butt? Um, you want to hit this butt? Christian Cage is backstage, or somewhere, he's somewhere, with uh, Lexi there, um, asking her where, where Renee is, and then whenever she goes to her spot, interrupting her. Uh, which I thought was very funny. And um, then uh, Adam Copeland, or Edge, uh, comes in and just completely destroys them. So uh, as someone with such a heated blood feud should, 
Like there shouldn't be a backstage sit down. Like they're they're just they're getting ready to fight. Um, this was perfectly done. You know, let Christian do what Christian does, and then you know have edge really sell the ferocity of the match uh i'm looking forward to this match quite a bit i think it's going to be awesome and i can't wait to see what the angle is because there's going to be an angle yeah uh be a good match uh chris satlander and sky blue had a pretty nice little match and um at a or uh tender mahal posted in our group chat said that uh, they were turning Sky Blue into Rhea Ripley. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I watched this week, and then, like, she has, like, metal music that she's coming out to. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah, that seems pretty accurate. They're like, hey, it's working over there. Yeah, Sky but, Blue uh, goes over. Um, Julia Hart is there with her. I still don't know why Sky Blue and Julia Hart are on a team together. Was it because of that mind-altering stuff that Julia Hart did? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was the myth. Okay. All right, yeah. yeah. Cool. Sky Blue goes over. Uh, what do you guys think about the old uh, Ruby Soho uh, cool Ange angle you got going on? I mean, is it just that they like each other? <laughs> yeah, I think it's like they like each other and they're they're dating. And uh, nobody else likes it. Like, their friends don't like it for whatever stupid reason. Yeah, I've never been there before. Um, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm down with I'm down with any story like this any oh, any sort shit. of sports entertainment type shit yeah you can give it to me as long as it's on the undercard yeah uh, it seems yeah it seems a little juvenile but it's also like doing nice little mix and then we got Harley in there for some reason I don't know why she's not on TV more often yeah uh, I know she should be on TV a lot more uh, yeah uh, that's cool that she has uh, been added to the mix and then uh, main event time. We had uh, Ring of Honor uh, World Tag Team Championship match. Uh, MJF and Samoa Joe versus the Devil's Masked Men. And when I said this was a show of hits and misses, this was a big old miss. Um, so, again, MJF's partner is taken out. MJF has to go it alone. Uh, but unlike last every time that he's done this, uh, he is beaten. Uh, but he's also beaten by uh, people we don't know who they are, and that has no heat. And now they have the ROH tag titles, and we don't even know who they are. Um, there was no payoff here except the title change. Uh, but then the aftermatch angle was good because Samoa Joe got a lot of heat because apparently he's been in on this thing since the start, and uh, he smashes him with a chair, much like Seth Rollins did to. Uh, Dean Ambrose so long ago just smashes him in the back with the chair and leaves him, leaves him, you know, pretty banged up and gives him the muscle buster. And Joe is already a monster going into this and MJF kind of coming in as an underdog, beaten up uh, as the world champion. So um, pretty classic babyface heel psychology, pretty good. Joe also is one of those guys that is just so fucking cool that even when he's a heel, he has a hard time getting, like, heat, heat because people just like him so much because he's fucking awesome. So him doing this was a good way to get heat going into this weekend. This devil mass men thing, I, I can't believe they even did a match, let alone change titles. Um, like, who do you make the checkout to? 
Who does it say on ROH's website that the tag team champions are? Yeah, it's like it's like a um, it's like it's like a I saw somebody describe it as like uh, we have vacant at home, and it's like vacant, but right, like, it's just like a, an actual person. But um, yeah, Joe. Joe being in on it felt like they were giving us a development to the story, but they actually weren't paying off the story. And it's kind of like, that's a half measure. So um, I guess that that's okay. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Joe sold it, of course, because Joe's good. MJF sold it. It's This has been a, uh, this has kind of been a mess. Um, that's gone on a really long time. So I... I wish that they would have given us some sort of indication that we would find out who the devil is at World's End, but they have not. So it might just still be going. Maybe it just goes forever. <laughs> Wrestle forever. Yeah, so it just never ends. Right. So yeah. yeah, but that was AW. So yeah, uh, and we'll have some more AW coming up in. The near future with our world's end predictions. But with that, let's get to that two counts. All right, for the two count, we can do SmackDown, which there was no Raw this week uh, because it happened on Christmas night uh, when we were celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is 200. But uh, so it starts off with AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Randy Orton in the middle of the ring, and they are arguing about who has the most uh, legitimate claim to challenge Roman Reigns' title at the Royal Rumble. And Nick Aldis comes out predictably, but uh, this is what we want to do is a triple threat match between the three to find out who is going to challenge Roman Reigns. What do you think about this, Zach? I mean... That's a fun, you know, money match. Uh, it's a good way to do it. It's a good way to uh, have a, a, a match with stakes on television. Um, I'm into that. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I feel like it's got to be Randy. That's what I'm thinking, too. That Randy Orton is facing Roman Reigns. That's a legitimate money match that they can have at Royal Rumble. And it doesn't have to be the main draw of the pay-per-view, even though that very well could be the main draw of a pay-per-view, Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking also. Uh, We had a women's four-on-four match. Let's see. We had Jimmy, or we had the Bloodline backstage where Roman Reigns tells Paul Heyman, call for Nick Aldis. Up next, we had another... uh, Great television match. I mean, just, I know we sound like broken records here, but it just really is an embarrassment of riches. Uh, we had Dragon Lee versus Butch, uh, formerly Pete Dunn, in a match for the North American Championship. Uh, Dragon, Lee's go, Dragon Lee goes over. This match was really fun. What do you think of it, Zach? Yeah, that was killer. Uh, I didn't realize that was going to be, I don't know when it was announced or whatever. I don't ever go into the WWE shows knowing what's going to happen. Um, but that was a pleasant surprise. And man, those, those guys can both go. Yeah, we have uh, up next, we have Nick Aldis and Roman Reigns are have their little encounter backstage. Nick Aldis uh, 
does not get intimidated by Roman Reigns. Um, he uh, Roman Reigns says, "Why didn't you run any of this by me?" He's like, "I don't have to run it by you." You know, uh, some very WWE uh, ass stuff, which is the GM in the back talking to the big bad heel champion. What you think of it? Man, I loved it. I think Nick Aldis is so good in that role, and I love the angle that they're going where uh, he is like he's a big dude. He's a he's an actual like legit wrestler. He's a he's a legit athlete. Like he's not going to take shit. Like he's one of the boys. Like he's not going to take shit even from Reigns, who's this huge mega star and it's such a bigger star than um, you know pretty much anybody in wrestling and. You know, maybe since Cena, you know, as far as the, like he's just that dude now where he wasn't historically. But anyway, he's just not intimidated by him. He's just like, yeah, uh, we're going to do things my show. And uh, I think Reigns is really good at, at being this. this uh, he really is great at acting like this huge megastar and kind of acting like a diva uh, and seeing that interplay whenever things don't go his way. He does a really great job backing that out too so um yeah i'm gonna do it yeah no doubt this was a good segment and continuing the uh the record skip uh, that we have here we have another good television match with kevin owens versus carmelo hayes kevin owens goes over in the uh in in the tournament to find out who's going to challenge logan paul at the royal rumble so now well well, I won't get into the next match yet, but KO goes over. What do you think about this match? Yeah, it was really good. This is a really good show, and, um, you know, hard to root for. I like both these guys a lot, and I think the crowd like both these guys a lot, so it was kind of kind of a full-on babyface match, but, um, you know, this was kind of Kevin Owens' tournament to lose, and Carmelo Hayes was, was there to shine in defeat, and he certainly did that. I can see Carmelo being in the Rumble for sure yeah definitely um and i hope that we do see it that would be a fun uh surprise entrant i hope that if we do see it they don't announce it ahead of time but yeah like you said ko's tournament to lose uh logan paul cuts a promo afterwards uh but he says that ko is the type of guy that doesn't take his shirt off in the pool which i thought was (laughs) really really funny Um, up next, we have AJ Styles uh, backstage with the OC. AJ Styles acts like he doesn't want anything to do with them. So I guess that's a story that they'll tell going forward. Kind of forgot the OC was around. So, um, but uh, yeah, not much to say here except that it looks like AJ is going his own way. What do you think, Zach? I mean, Giles and Anderson are just happy to be collecting a check. Uh, and not having to wrestle. They're like, like, they only do stuff with them whenever AJ's on TV. Like, they are not hurt or anything. It's just AJ wasn't around. And, I mean, they're fucking carnies till the end. They're like, yeah, that's fine. We have to travel. and just sit at home. Uh, check. They're good. Yeah. Um, up next, uh, we have the other semifinals to the – Logan Paul sweepstakes. We have Bobby Lashley versus Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar ends up going over uh, after he gets saved by your boys, Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo, the Los Lotharios. Um, Happy to see them called up. 
I am a big fan of that team. What do you think here? Yeah, and very exciting. You know, if this was, you know, eight months ago, like we were talking about, and Vince was around, and be like, oh, they'll get three weeks of TV, and then we'll never see them again. But they are super talented, and especially with Santos in there, and they've got this. Uh, I feel like they have like a, a good kind of Latinx crew right now uh, that they can move forward with and really kind of capture that that Hispanic audience and also give us very good wrestling. Um, I'm all for it. I think it's a winner. Yeah, there's uh, if you include Joaquin Wild and the other guy. I mean, I know that he's he. They haven't gone with Santos as he's turned to the heel side, but I mean they're still around too. So. They are well represented, those uh, Latino wrestlers um, on WWE main roster right now. And Los Lotharios are, they're cool as fuck. So this was cool. Uh, and then we have, so it's going to be Santos versus KO in the finals. I think that uh, we'd both be picking KO. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a cool match. And I am looking forward to it. That's happening at day one, correct? I think so. Um, up next, uh, we have. So I wrote Don. So we have Butch backstage with Pretty Deadly. He starts fighting them. Uh, Nick Aldis tells Butch to grab a partner, and he can face pretty, and, then, and they can face Pretty Deadly at uh, WWE Day One. So, who do you think that Pete Dunn is going to pick, Butch? I mean. He has a partner. Or he had a partner. I guess are they are him and what's his name split up now? Ridge. Yeah. Well, Ridge had a big angle on NXT recently, and he's going to be. They've said that he's going to be on NXT next week, also. So, um, it's hard yeah, to, but I mean, there's there's guys that are on, you know, like Dragon Lee and those guys. They're all on both shows. So, yeah, so I mean that that I, that is true. It doesn't seem like that backstage setup would lead to him picking Ridge Holland, though. I feel like they could do like a cross promotional angle. I know they just did it and I said I didn't like it last week, but uh, he was the guy that was wrestling with uh, the pretty deadly. I forget which one, uh, but whenever he got hurt, like towards towards back or whatever. Uh, and so maybe they could have him like kayfabe injure him again. And then I uh, think it would be cool if Butch chose Tyler Bate. And we had Butch, oh my god, how great would that be? Butch and Tyler, oh. Butch and Tyler Bate as a tag team on the main roster, I think would be super sick. Oh, that would be so much Holy fun! Holy shit, so much fun! Yeah. Um. Then we have Logan Paul cut his vignette about Santos Escobar and <laughs> Kevin Owens. I already said the best line. Uh, Logan Paul. <laughs> it, was a, it's a, it was a really good little vignette. He is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very good. And uh, you know what's funny is I'm also that guy. But you know what you can do now that's very handy is uh, I wear rash guards, which are SPF. And there's like a total reason to wear it in the pool besides the fact that I'm fat. I don't have to put sunscreen on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that su- struck such a nerve with you. No, no, I just think it's funny because... Uh, <laughs> I felt seen. I'm yeah. not mad about it. I, I, I laughed at the hardest <laughs> anybody. 
I feel seen. Uh, we have AJ Styles versus Solo Sokoa. Uh, it all breaks down. I don't even know if a winner was declared, but SmackDown goes off the air with AJ Styles, RKO, or AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and LA Knight just kind of shoving each other in the ring. Um, not much to say about this. AJ Styles and Solo, of course, can go together. Uh, I wish that they're, uh, you know, there's something left in the tank if they want to revisit it in the future, though. No, this is like uh, a really good episode of television, and then they announced that main event, and I was like, well, this is all leading up to, like, nothing, because I knew that we weren't going to get a finish. Like, right. They're not yes. going to meet AJ, and they're not going to be solo. So it was just, that part was kind of very WWE. Uh, that's one thing that AEW doesn't really do, is when they give matches, we get finishes. Right. Um, 99% of the time, so um, I do like that. But, you know, I, I knew what was happening going in, so I wasn't mad about it. Right. All right. Uh, that is our WWE recap. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Three beer. What's the three count? All right. We have Wrestle Kingdom, which is for the uninitiated, the WrestleMania of New Japan. And it is a fantastic way to kick off a new year. It is always January 4th. It is always at the Tokyo Dome. It is, interestingly, um, just one night this year. Uh, last few years, it's been two nights, uh, but we've got one night here, and uh, it's always fantastic, and it's interesting because when we do things like the Beefers and we look back at a year at wrestling, it seems so long ago because it was just a full a full year ago. But um, anyway... Uh, get right into it. We'll get in. You want to just get into predictions while we talk about it? Yeah, let's go. Let's just start with predictions. All right, great. So, uh, first match, we are going to have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. Catch 22, which is TJP and Francisco Akira versus the Bullet Club War Dogs, which is Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors, who are the current champions. What you got? So, um,. The War Dogs, I, I'm happy to see Driller Maloney and Clark Connors in this kind of position. I'm happy to see them get a Wrestle Kingdom match on a single night. I'm guessing that this is the Curtain Jerker? Yeah. And just for reference, the current standing between the War Dogs and the uh, Catch-22 is 3-0 and War Dogs. Yeah, I am picking Catch-22 here. Uh, this would be, if this is the curtain jerker, uh, a title change here would probably be the you know, best way to go to goose the crowd a little bit. So I'm going to take Catch-22. Yeah, I'm doing the um, exact same thing uh, for the exact same reason. So, um, yeah. Uh, Jason also had Catch-22. So uh, we are in agreement there. Looking forward to this. I'm sure this is going to fucking rule. Yeah, uh, another match that's going to rule because it always does. And this is about the best match that you can have for this legend. Uh, We have a New Japan World Television Championship match between the champion Zack Sabre Jr. and the challenger Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Tanahashi is just, he's just, his body's given given out. Uh, Tanahashi also uh, the new president of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that's pretty cool. Um, he's the shoot president, um, so that was that's pretty dope. And uh, yeah, uh, their singles record is six and five. Tanahashi, 
I have a feeling Zach is evening up the score here with this one. So you're taking ZSJ? Yes. As am I. Um, you know, I would rather see Zach Sabre Jr. in here against uh, an up-and-comer, and Zach could probably drop the title, but um, that's neither here nor there. They're going to give Tanahashi the spot on the biggest show of the year. Makes sense. Tanahashi becoming legit president, shoot president of New Japan is very cool. Um it might symbolize that they're going in a different direction. Might help if they're trying to re-sign Okada. But um, I am taking ZSJ also. Jason also taking Zack Sabre Jr. What's next? Uh, next we have Yoda Suji versus Yuya Uemura. And, I mean, very cool to see these guys having a match together at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, this has an opportunity. I don't, I don't want to say show stealer because there's, there's some really excellent matches on here, but um, it's a dark horse for, like, a very excellent match. Uh, these guys were both young lions at the same time. Uh, there was a G1 uh, where they basically opened up every match or every every night of matches. Oh, uh, yeah. Trait. They were just uh, doing, like, 10-minute draws, and it was awesome. Uh, I watched every single one of them. I freaking loved it. Uh, and then they were just trading wins back and forth. They would just go back, forth, back, forth. Uh, right now, these guys, their New Japan singles record against each other is 15, 10, and 22. They have had 47 matches uh, against each other. This is match 48, and it's at Wrestle Kingdom, and they're both still uh, rookies in their, um, in their wrestling uh, careers. Um, that said... Uh, it would be cool to have Yui Mura get like a kind of a, a surprising win here, but I, I think this is all Yoda Suji for sure. Yeah, I think it's Yoda Suji also. Did you say that they have 22 draws? 22 draws, yeah. Is that because they were fight? They were in those matches that were like five-minute matches? No, they were 10-minute matches, 10-minute draws. 10-minute draws, huh? Uh, that yeah. is wild. Have you heard about this thing that WWE might do that's called WWE Speed? Where it's like, uh, I think the time limit is five minutes, and like they're yeah, trying. Yeah, it's five minutes, and they're counting like points for like pinfalls and stuff. It's like they like got five minute Iron Man matches. It's like kind of a thing. Uh you know, I gotta say, kind of into that. That sounds cool. That sounds like a cool it's little different. Yeah, it's something different, and it doesn't. It, I didn't roll my eyes at it when I first heard it. Not at all, and. One of my favorite parts of Stardom is that high-speed title. And those are not five-minute matches. And I don't even think they're necessarily uh, time limit any different than the other ones. Maybe a little bit shorter, but uh, certainly than, like, the Red Belt or whatever. But um, they're just high-speed in the sense, like, it's almost like they're cruiserweights, but they're, they're going to go fast. Um, but I, I think that's a cool thing. Like, I'm all for innovation in pro wrestling, and um, that sounds pretty neat. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, what what match were we talking about here? Oh, Yoda Suji. Uh, I yeah, I too am taking Yoda Suji, and so did Jason. So we are on the same. We are three for three. Come on, let's mix it up. What's next? <laughs> All right, next we have uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Ryohei Oiwa uh, versus uh, House of Torture, Evil, and Ren Narita. Wait a minute, is it not Shota Umino? It's Shota Umino. Why does it say... This is, I'm on the New Japan website. That's weird. Uh, it is 
but it says Radio or yeah, anyway. It showed up enough. Uh so that said, I don't even care. Um I've got Shoda and Kaito. I don't necessarily I haven't like put thought into it. I always bet against House of Torture because I hate them, so I will always bet with my heart here. Yeah, I mean, I hope that Shoda and Kaido Kiyomiya uh, win. Kaido Kiyomiya, for being a guy that's in NOAA, technically, and not in New Japan, uh, getting a G1 slot and then getting a match on the Wrestle Kingdom card, really, with nothing at stake, uh, kind of seems to me like he it's in the cards that he is going to uh, sign with New Japan. Um, but, that being said, taking House of Torture, so is Jason. Um, I just... Rinderita being in House of Torture is a big disappointment. I think that we talked about it sometime, but um, yeah, uh, they like House of Torture. I see House of Torture going on. So does Jason. Hey, we're changing it up. Changing it up. Changing it up. Uh, then we have a never open weight championship match. Think uh, Shingo Takagi challenging Hamatonga. Their uh, current singles record is one zero and one with Takagi having one win and they have one draw. So, um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, wish this match wasn't Tamatanga. I wish it was Shingo versus somebody else. It's a little bit more, uh, exciting, but again, I, you know, there's only one night of wrestle kingdom. So they're given their, uh, veteran stars matches, a lot of them. Uh, but I am taking Shingo. I really hope that Shingo wins. Uh, Jason yeah, also absolutely. took Shingo. Yeah, I really hope so too. And actually, Shingo is the champion. I'm sorry, it's not Tom Tonga. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, yes, I absolutely want uh, Shingo to win. I, again, will rarely bet against Shingo, but with my heart with that guy. Love him. Uh, Jason taking uh, right. Shingo also. All right, so now we have the IWGP uh, and New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship double title match. Uh, so this is Bishamon uh, versus Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, they are currently one and one. Uh, so um, this is like, you know, we've got on one side uh, – you know, champions on both sides here, uh, but I guess winners take all, and they'll be unifying. Seems like they're getting rid of all the strong titles, um, or at least unifying them into other things. Um, I will go first here. Um, you know, Bishamon, probably Japanese tag team of the year. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, they also won the World Tag League. Uh, that said, I think I think Hikaleo and Phantasmo uh, make a pretty good team. And I think, you know, be a nice little change of pace to give them a run. So let's give them a run. Jason took Bishamon. Uh, Zach is taking Grills of Destiny. Uh, I'm the tiebreaker. And I just got to say this. We are the G-O-D. And we came to rock the spot like Iron Man style. I want to keep going. <laughs> they be the illest Dude, MCs in the world today. Ooh, do, do, 
do 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 Cabaret Quan and the RZA. Solicit to a clear and put the box right near your ear. Light your blunts and down your beers. Cause you can never fuck with Wu Tang Killer Bees. <laughs> anyway, I'm taking Grills of Destiny. You are, uh, you are <laughs> PFR Nation. You are welcome. <laughs> I'm taking uh, Hick- like uh, Jay- or like Zach said, uh, ELP and Hikaleo are kind of a fun team. So, uh, yeah, let's switch it up. Bishamon definitely had a great run, two runs with the tag team belts. But, yeah, let's switch it up. I'm taking G.O.D. So I'm taking both tag belts uh, with title changes. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. Then we have, which is like – gonna be a ma- this is a match that we've seen many times and we know it's awesome it's no surprise that they're these guys are going to just put on a hell of a performance we have um iwgp junior heavyweight champion Hiromu takahashi defending against dusty uh their current singles record stands at three wins three losses and one draw so uh they're pretty much tied up across the board um so what uh, say you? I think uh, Takahashi is going to retain. Yeah, I'm taking Hiromu to retain also. Jason, uh, switching up with us again, is taking El Desperado. Uh, I'm not sure these guys have ever had a match in front of a cheering crowd. I think that the bulk of their rivalry was during clap crowds. Uh, I think these guys are going to cut it loose. Very much looking forward to this. Hiromu is a must-watch. Every single match he has is fucking awesome. Uh, Really looking forward to this. Maybe the match that I'm looking forward to the most? I don't know, uh, except for maybe Danielson and Okada. But, uh, yeah, I am taking uh, Hiromu. Jason took Desperado. Oh, yeah. This is good. We're, We're getting it mixed up. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> IWGP Global Championship. So uh, this is a brand-new title. Um, Will Ospreay versus John Moxley versus David Finlay. Um, this one is very interesting. Ospreay is on his way out. John Moxley is um, John fucking Moxley. Uh, he is over and protected in both companies. And uh, David Finlay is kind of who they're pushing to be the next uh, big guy gene in the company. So um, there are a lot of, I would say, even though Will Os- if Will Ospreay was, had not signed that big contract with AW, I'd say he's almost a shoe-in uh, for this, unless he was going for the IWGP. But uh, he's on his way out. Moxley has shown that he is willing to work both companies, and he's not really doing much in AEW right now as far as titles, except he's in that Continental Classic, and I think he's going to lose to Eddie Kingston. Spoiler alert for predictions here in a minute. But um, So I could see him winning this. Uh, that said, I do think they are going strong with Finlay and having Finlay go over Osprey and keeping John protected, maybe even for a big ma- money match between him and Finlay down the road seems like the way to go. So I'm going to go with David Finlay. Oh, man, so you're going Finley is most likely, and who do you have as least likely? Osprey. Okay, 
I okay, so all three of us are different on this one. Um, Jason has Finlay's least likely, Osprey is most like our next, and Moxley is most likely. I think that he put Finlay, Osprey, Mox in order on his text message. So I think that's least to most because that's how we usually do it. I'm taking Moxley as the least likely to win it. Um, and I don't see him being involved in the finish either, which now that I'm thinking about it might not make any sense. Um, I'm picking Finlay to win. I'm picking Osprey as second most likely just because he can have one foot in and one foot out, I guess. I'm taking Moxley as least likely. So we're all three different on that one. That's fun. Yeah, that is fun. Um, Happy what, to be here. What's next? I'll be right back. All right. Uh, next is the repeat of the dream match that was kind of stolen from us by Brian Danielson's broken arm uh, at uh, Forbidden Door. But we have uh, arguably the real main event of this Wrestle Kingdom. I think Okada's even gotten pretty lippy and said, uh, let's let the fans decide who's going to be the main event uh, because uh, he knows that Sonata's cold and um, he just he knows that he's the shit. And, um, yeah, these guys, Kazushka Okada versus Brian Danielson, the singles record currently stands 1-0 Danielson. Even though Danielson broke his arm, he still tapped Okada out. Uh, Okada doesn't lose that often. He certainly does not tap. Uh, he had not tapped in years. So I think this is the moment where Okada gets his win back, and this is um, likely going to be match of the night, uh, potential match of the year, and it's only going to be January fourth. So, yeah, you know, fingers crossed that nothing happens like last time where they had to alter their plan uh, due to injury. But uh, we're all in agreement on this one. We all have Okada getting his win back against Brian Danielson. Uh, definitely can't wait for this match. Can't wait for this match. So um, what more can be said? It should fucking rule. Uh, and then what's next? Main event time. It is IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonata uh, versus Tetsuya Naito. Their current singles record stands at 2-1. and one. Sonata, uh, I certainly think that this is Naito's kind of swan song um, championship run like we had when Tanahashi beat Omega at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago. He had that kind of last run of his career. I think that's uh, the time for Naito as well. Um, you know, Sonata's a really good wrestler. Um, he just He's just not that guy, um, unfortunately. We thought Sonata's that he a good might wrestler. Be <laughs> oh, but he is he's so good and um, the matches that he's had with Okada and you know I think one thing that, that hurt was he he was really kind of wrestling a lot of the younger talent and really helping to get them over and like in the case of Yoda Suji I think Yoda Suji got over more than Sonata definitely Sonata's, yeah he's just not the most popular guy in the company even though he's the champion, he carries himself well. Um, it just it just ain't clicking, and it ain't clicking for business. And I don't even really think it's his fault. Um, it's just, you know, not everybody's that guy. Sonata is the perfect example of why your favorite wrestler should not always be the fucking champion. I can't stand when people say, like, oh, this guy should get a belt. Like, no. 
he shouldn't. Just because he's really good, uh, just because you like him, that doesn't mean that he's going to draw money and he's going to do good business. Um, it just ain't going to work for everybody. Yeah, I mean, Nido's probably going to come out first as the challenger, and he's going to be waiting in the ring, and he's and Tanada's music is going to come on, and Nido's going to be like, "What up, turd?" Nido should definitely <laughs> go over here. Um, the the Sonata thing hasn't been working for a while. They really haven't. I mean, like you said, like I like that he was giving guys chances, and you know, to that end, he has been uh, a very useful champion. I would say, uh, Yo Suji is got Megastar written all over him. Um, I, you know, when they first put the belt on him, I was like, oh, that's cool, that's different. Didn't see that coming. But it's I'm with you. I, it's not like I was ever craving for Sonata to get a shot with the title. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. He's just not like he's not he's not that. I mean, there's they, there are guys in that company that have mega wattage, and he's not one of them. So um, Naido is a guy with mega wattage, and I think that Naido goes over here. Um, I was I was thinking about this. There's a lot of NXT darlings and even NXT darlings that were really good NXT champions that would not be good WWE or AEW world champions. Um, and Sonata is a perfect example of that. It's the you know big fish in a small pond like kind of kind of syndrome. Um, I'm thinking of like Andrade, Malachi Black. They just ain't AEW World Championship level, right? Even right. like, uh, think about uh, like the greatest NXT World Champions, like uh, Gargano and Champa. They ain't WWE Championship material in comparison to some of the stars there. You know, I don't. It sucks. No, if I necessarily I agree with that when talking about Gargano. Like I mean, I, I you could like you could build a smaller company around him. I just don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, Sami Zayn could have been, um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Uh, maybe I'm just getting cynical in my old age. Well, the thing um, is, nobody can be champion while Roman Reigns is around. Yeah, I just think of like stardom uh, that AW, or the WWE has right now with like Cody and. And, you know, even like Brock and those guys and, you know, the part-timers and it's Rollins. And, um, yeah, it's just a lot. They haven't really gotten an opportunity to shine like that either. So I, I could be being unfair. But I just, when I think about, I think I was just kind of comparing Sonata. I'm like, Sonata would have been, like, amazing, like, in NXT. Uh, but he's just ain't it, you know, on a, on a bigger stage. Right. Uh, okay, so that's Wrestle Kingdom. That will be showing... Very, very early in the morning next Thursday. So. Oh, so, like, when we do the pod, it will, like, man, I don't even know if I'll, I don't, I don't even know if I'll have gotten a chance to watch it by then. Yeah, I know. It kind of sucks, but we kind of have to do the analysis. The people come to us for analysis. We got to give them what they want. What they need us for. We're journalists. That's going to do it for our three. I'm, I'm like. I'm like training a guy, so I can't even like really do a six day. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll 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 get it done. Uh, that's gonna do for our three count. One, two, 
Oh, Zach's not going to be able to watch Wrestle Kingdom before the podcast next week? Unprofessional bullshit. <laughs> um, so, let's play some music for this one. Ah, that's the wrong fucking music. That's what I get. All right, so uh, we have World's End, which is this Saturday. It is a nine-match card. So, let's kick it off with... Hook versus Yuta for versus Wheeler Yuta for the FTW championship. FTW rules. Who you got, Zach? Um, I'm gonna go with Hook just because what else is he gonna do besides be the FTW champion? And Yuta's are also the pure champion, so it's not under pure rules, so he can't lose his title. So they're just both champions of different rules. I don't even know what FTW rules are, but I'm going to go with that. I think FTW rules are you have to go to Taz's house and just start eating out of his pantry. <laughs> you just kind of like, you guys got to smoke a cigar and like you got to eat like three pounds of salami with no water. <laughs> <laughs> and, two plain, and two plain Pop-Tarts. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Smoke a cigar and eat three pounds of salami with no water. <laughs> 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 that is so good. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, we're all taking hook. Okay. So um, up uh, up next, we have Ricky Starks, Big Bill. And the Don Callis family versus La Sex Gods, Sting, and Darby Allen. Jason took the phases here. I, too, will be taking the baby phases here. I'm taking La Sex Gods and Sting and Darby Allen. Pick against Sting at your own peril. And for that reason, I'm making this my Stone Cold. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm taking the baby phases. Who you got, Zach? Yeah, I will. I'm, I'm, I'm not betting against Sting. Probably won't even bet against him in his entire match. No, you know what? I am making this my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Oh, Everybody we taking go. the baby faces. Here we go. Um, up next we have Tony Storm versus Riho for the Women's Championship. Who you got, Zach? Uh, Tony Storm. They're they're gonna keep this thing going. Rio's a good challenger. They're gonna have a good match. So. Yeah, everybody's taking Tony Storm here. Makes sense. Uh, she's just she's a she's an overact, and she's pretty cool. And like I said, Rio's a good challenger because people can get behind her. Uh, there ain't no way that uh, there ain't no way the Rios win this. I'm making this my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Block of the Week. All right, yeah, that's right. That's two of them. I get as many as I want. I'm down by so many. Uh, we have Julia, Julia Hart versus Abaddon. For the uh, TBS championship, who do you have, Zach? I'm going to say Julia Hart, and that's my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. I, too, am taking Julia Hart, and I, too, (laughs) am making this my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Uh, Jason also took Julia Hart. Um, Up next, we have uh, a match, a singles match. 
that's got uh, angle written all over it, but could be a really cool match. We have Miro versus Andrade. Uh, Jason is taking Miro here. This is a tricky one, and this one could go either way. I, too, am going to take Miro for storyline reasons. Who do you have, Zach? Yeah, same. I had Miro even before I heard you guys say it. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Uh, uh, I'm not going to make that my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week, though, because I can see it going either way. But this next one is going to be my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. We have Swerve, Shane Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee, the weirdo Keith Lee. That's what his name should be. Uh, I'm going to take Swerve Strickland here, getting his shit back. Um, who you got, Zach? His eccentricity is limitless. Uh, yeah, I got swerving. Mm, swerving our glory. Would you like to make that your Stone Cold Light by Block of the Week? Too bad! You already used it! <laughs> Jason, I it's, think, uh, it's so cold I think here. Liz, Liv Morgan was listening to uh, Swerve's album recently. <laughs> oh, did, did she get a DWI? <laughs> no. Uh, she got pulled over, though, for, like, driving, like, I guess she was like uh, improper lane usage, but she got she got pulled over and she got arrested for weed. Oh, Liv Morgan, what you doing? Uh, up I next, know. we have. I'd like to find out. Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland. Zach, you get to go first. Who you got? Oh man, um, you know I don't think this title does anything for Copeland, and um, Christian is just on such a tear right now um i i think it's it's perfect to keep this thing on christian um even though you know copeland's coming in hot and he got screwed out of it the last time i i'm still going with christian yep so am i and so is jason this i'm sorry this belt is beneath edge it just He's too big of a deal. I, I, Jason was here. He'd be going, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's like, it's. I understand that Edge is a big deal. I just don't see him holding this title. And Christian should keep it. There's no reason that Edge should win here. Um, up next, we have in the C2 finals for the triple, uh, what are they calling it? The triple crown. Uh, we have Eddie Kingston versus old buddy. John Moxley. Um, I will go first. I cannot see John Moxley walking around with the Ring of Honor Championship. I'm not sure why, though, but it just it doesn't feel right to me. I'm taking Eddie Kingston to retain. Yeah, I mean, so the month. Two, two things, like actually three things. Uh, a, Eddie Kingston put his title on the line to make this a Triple Crown Championship. Uh, two, uh, this is a pay-per-view in New York. Uh, Eddie Kingston is from New York, if you couldn't tell. C. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Kingston absolutely, it, like Moxley said, it, his idols are, you know, Triple Crown, All Japan, Kings Road. Like, that's like his, his shit. Uh, this tournament was pretty much made for Brian Danielson, uh, but it was made for Eddie Kingston to win. And um, this championship is Eddie Kingston. Yeah. uh, So we both have Eddie Kingston. Jason Cornelius Bell also has Eddie Kingston. Um, Do we have anything different yet? 
No. Nobody has anything different. <laughs> I don't think we're going to either because we all took Eddie Kingston, and then finally we got MJF versus Samoa Joe. Uh, Jason took MJF. I, too, am taking MJF. I just don't see them taking the belt off him right now. Who do you got? Yeah, I've got MJF. Again, this is a New York crowd. Um, MJF, uh, you know, from Long Island. Also, like, I mean, Samoa Joe's a fantastic contender for the title. And I think he could be. I think he is that guy. I think he could be. For sure. But uh, there's a lot of people on the horizon for MJF that they're building towards. And there's a lot... He's got a few more months of matches. They're going to be doing these monthly pay-per-views. He's got to face Wardlow. He's got to face maybe Hangman. He's got to face Swerve. Um, and so I just don't think Samojo's the guy to, to take it off of him. So yeah, MJF. I'm taking MJF also for all those same reasons. And uh, Jason has MJF too. So we all have the exact same picks right down the line. I think they might... Uh, they might throw a couple matches on the card because they tend to do that uh, or maybe even just one more um, I feel like they've been building that House of Black uh, FTR match um, up so they might throw that on the card too not that we need to do predictions because it's not official but right. that might that might be a match where we pick different people but alright and that's going to do it for our predictions tonight uh, it's cold out here. We're going to close up shop with no odds and ends. I mean, we could talk about some NXT stuff that happened. Uh, I guess the most important the most important thing is that uh, Ilya Dragunov is going into that match with Trick Williams next week very injured. Uh, so keep your eye on that. Uh, some good stuff happening there. Um, we got a really short list of birthdays this week. Ray Fenix is 33. Justin Roberts, the Dapper Yapper, is 44. Jimmy Hart is 79. And good old JR, Jim Ross, is 72. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. For my beautiful family in there, for Check. Jason Gordon, well, for Tinderhall, for Lucha Chris, Check. for Murray the Murray Man, Murray for Check. Patriot Pat, Check. for Vice, Check. for Two Beers, Zach Pullman, Check. for Jason Cornelius Bell, Check. we missed you. We're going to have a bunch of stuff next week, so tell your friends to listen. Black Lives Matter, support your local weed dealers, support your local restaurants. Have a happy new year and never, ever forget to boo the heels. Boo!